Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. Sometimes there's a connection between things that we don't see. You know, we think we're working on something here, but what's actually happening is something over here. This is especially true in our relationship with God. You know, I, I, I don't know how many times over the years where we've been, you know, whether it's myself and my own issues or my wife and I and our family, but looking at something and it's like, you know, wow, what are we going to do and how do we do this and wrestling with it and wrestling through it and trying to, you know, say, God, what do we do? And, and we think it's about that. We, we think it's about, this is all about this, what we're, we're focusing on. But we discover is that later on, somehow, someplace, all of a sudden we start to realize, wow, what God was doing here was really because of what he was wanting to do in me because of what needed to happen over here. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? That, that God does things, and it, it, it's oftentimes he's accomplishing things in other parts of our lives that we don't realize. And so this month we've been focusing in on our money and primarily the idea of giving and, and why it's important that we give. And I know it's easy to be here today and be thinking, you know, well, I got this going on in my life and that going on in my life and this that isn't going on in my life that really needs to be and and I'm overwhelmed with the time and the resources and I have all this stuff and it's kind of like, what does giving have to do with that? You know, you're preaching on something that doesn't apply to me. Well, what I want to say to you here today is, is, is what God wants to do and will do in your life through giving as you, you come to, to grips with what it is he's wanting you to do. That it is going to teach you things and change you in ways that are going to affect all the rest of your life. Every other part of it. It's not just about giving. Giving is important. And I know that sometimes the thought is, yeah, preachers preach on giving. And why do they preach on giving? Well, because the church needs more money, right? Or, let me just tell you something. Jesus said something interesting one time. He's talking about giving to the poor. He says, the poor you're always going to have with you. There's always going to be people who need money, right? Well, guess what? The church is always going to need money, right? We, we need it to do the things we need to do. But here's the deal. God's the one who provides the money. And so to be honest with you, I mean, I am preaching this series to you. And yes, uh, we hope the end result is that you give more and the church has more money to do what it's supposed to do. But there's a much bigger reason that I preach these things. It's because God will use giving to change you in ways that you will be very glad that he did. Ways that make you, to grow your faith and make you much more effective and faithful servants for Christ. You will be blessed and then the church will be blessed. The church is always blessed when its people grow in their relationship with Christ. And so really, as, as, as one preacher puts it, he says, you know, the, the tendency is for you to think that we want something from you when we talk about giving. But it really is true when I say we really want something for you. When I'm teaching you about giving, it's for your well-being. 
And so we, we have focused in the last two weeks on why we should give. And, and there's other reasons we could probably come up with, but two huge reasons. And, and the first one is this, that giving keeps our hearts healthy and in the right place. Because remember, Jesus said there's a connection. So remember, there's a connection between where our hearts are and where our money is and what we do with it. And so there's a connection. And so uh, not only does it help us to know where our hearts are, our giving, but also if we learn to give the way God says, it's going to draw our hearts into the right place. Very, very important. Does anybody remember how many issues of our lives are affected by our hearts? Want to take a guess? Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are all the issues of life. So when your heart is impacted, it affects every area of your life. And the second reason we saw is that God says that without faith, it is, what's the word? Impossible to please him. Our relationship with God is a relationship of faith. And that's what's required. And so giving activates and grows our faith. It activates it when we actually say, we make that decision, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to do what you say, and I'm going to give the way you say to give. And I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm going to do it. Boom, faith comes alive in our lives. And then we grow, we find out what God really is like, and how true he really is to his word, and it changes so many things. Now, let me just... Uh, I want to be cautious here and make sure it's clear because some of you are fairly new to us. Um, when we talk about without faith, it's impossible to please God and we're talking about giving and, and you might start connecting. Oh, wow, you know, I, God isn't going to like me if I don't give. Or I can't make it to heaven if I don't give. It's not like that at all, all right? Um, <clears throat> we get a relationship with God. Not on the basis of anything we can do. You can't give money to get a relationship with God. You can't join a church to get a relationship with God. You can't do any other good deeds to get a relationship with God. You can't read your Bible enough to get a relationship with God. You can't say enough prayers to get it. It just, it, you can't. The Bible's very clear that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's standards. We've failed to measure up. And the Bible tells us that the penalty for that is that we are separated from God now, dead to him now. And if we die in that condition, we will be separated from him forever in a place called hell. That's what we have earned from God. But we worship and sing because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So God loved us and said, I don't want you in this condition. And he sent his own son into the world, became a human being, lived the perfect sinless life, dies on the cross. And as he dies on the cross, God puts the, the, the guilt for all of my sins, many, 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 and all of your sins and all the sins of the whole world that will ever have been or ever will be committed. Jesus dies on that cross paying for them. Rises again from the dead, which we're going to celebrate in a special way in a couple of weeks. And then God says to you and I, if you will genuinely, sincerely acknowledge where you're at, that you have sinned against me and that you are separated from me, and, and you'll understand that Jesus did die for your sins and rise again, that you can then choose to trust Christ. 
to take care of your sin problem. You can receive Christ as Savior. And God will give you the faith that you need to make that decision. To believe it and put your trust in him. The moment you do that, every sin you've ever committed or ever will commit, that payment gets applied to you. That's good news, isn't it? And then when you die, those sins will never be held against you. You go to heaven to be with, with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ, with other people who've gone on there before you. And then he moves in. He moves in to your life in the deepest part of you and brings his life there. And it starts working its way out in your life and pops out here and there and you grow. So that's how we have a relationship with God. And so once we receive Christ as Savior, and if you haven't done that, you can do that today. You can do it at any point. You can write on a communication card, I want to do anything. Okay? You can make that decision at any point. Just say, God, I, I get it now. And I, I, I receive Christ as Savior. I trust him. But once you do that, you always have a relationship with him. From then on. Now, in that relationship, though, you can please him or you cannot please him. Based on what's going on in your heart, based on how you live out those things in your life. You can please him or not please him. But it's not about having a relationship. I just want that to be really clear. But So when the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him, we understand that to live a life that's pleasing to him, we must learn to live by faith. And you remember what live by faith is. It's, it's two ideas to this. It's what we know and then choosing to actually trust it, to live like which is true. And when we do that together, faith comes alive. And this is what we're saying. We... Let's ask some questions here. Does God know everything? Does, can God do anything? Is God's word true? And so when God says, if you will be faithful with your money and you'll give as I've told you to do, that I will meet your needs, is that true? We know that's true, but then we have to at some point make a decision, right? And do what? I know it's true. Yep, yep. Okay, time to give. Well, <laughs> That's where we have to do what? We, we say, no, okay, I'm going to do what God has told me to do. Faith comes alive, and we begin to grow. And we put ourselves in a place for God to do great works in our lives. So, man, tremendous reasons to, to give, to keep your heart in the right place and healthy, and to, to activate and grow your faith. So the natural question is, well, then, How? How do we do this? You know, does God have anything to say about this? Well, you always know that I'm going to tell you what. God has something to say, just about everything that you need to know. And so, how we give. The Bible tells us uh, um, many things related to this, and we want to, to work through them today. Today's kind of a practical uh, sermon as we consider what are the how-tos when it comes to giving. And the first one is this, and it sounds kind of simple. <clears throat> but let me back up. Do, how many of you, I'm showing my age, how many remember who Vince Lombardi is? Was. Oh, good, a bunch of you. All right. Do you remember what he would start off sometimes with in his, his uh, football training camps? Thank you. That's right. He said, he would start, this is a football. Start at the very basics. And so the same kind of thing with giving. What I want to this. Here's what the Bible says. Give to God. 
give to God. Now, you might say, well, why do you have to tell us that? Uh, Because far too often we think about giving, we think about, okay, I'm giving to the church's needs, or I'm giving to a person's needs, or I'm giving to pay the electric bill, or I'm giving, we think that way. But the Bible is quite clear, give to God, and like in Psalms it says, give to the Lord the glory to his name, bring an offering, and come into his courts, come before God and worship him with your giving. So we give to God. And this is a, it is an important difference. Now. I'm not saying at all that it's wrong to give to a need of the church. If there's a need of the church and God puts it in your heart to give, you give. If someone you know, you know, needs grocery money and you have it and God puts it in your heart to give it, give it. That's a great thing. And God will use it in your life. But the kind of giving we're talking about is giving to God. But let me show you about the other, other kind. You know, in, in Proverbs it says that if, if you give to help the poor, you lend money to God. Hmm. Do you think God will be in debt to you very long? This is interesting. I, I happened across this the other day. I was looking through some old journals because I wanted to, I was just looking for a particular thing. And I ran across this, I forgot. March the 12th, 1990. Oh, I know for some of you that's ancient history. I know. How many of you weren't born by 1990? Okay. I'm thrilled that you're here. <laughs> So in this journal I, I mentioned here, Glenda and I have really started to desire to have our financial situation run according to God's ways. Okay, so really this is what we want. Since then, our car has broken down and the washing machine isn't working properly. Seems like it goes that way lots of times. It seemed as if we were being tested. Can we really trust God to honor his, uh, you know, honor his word and his ways. God nudged us along yesterday and today. Yesterday, Glenda and I decided that we should give $40 to a needy family. There was a family that we knew, and we just knew they were really in hard straits, and we said we need to help them, and somehow or other we kind of came with this idea of $40. Now, you've got to understand that for us, at that time, I mean, I make a good salary now, but at that time in our lives, we were always just scratching to make ends meet and wondering how are we going to do this. And at this point, our car's broken down, our, uh, in our washing machine is going to be. But God put it in our heart to give the $40 to someone. And, and for us at that time, that was probably 7 or 8% of a paycheck. And so we decided to do it. The direction, as I said, the direction seemed to be from the Lord. Today, he confirmed that. This morning, so we, we went that day, I remember that night, we took the card, we went to the family, and we, we gave the money to them. And it says, this morning I found two bags of bread and bread products in my car, which someone left for us. Its total value was about $30. So we figured out the value, but we didn't have to spend. But I'm still short, right? I lent God $40. I only got $30 back. Then, today, we received a $10 check in the mail from a lady back in Kansas City thanking us for helping her mom find something up here. The very next day, God paid it back. Now, he doesn't always do it that way. 
But at that point in our lives, we were saying, God, we want to have our finances the way you want us to. We are going to trust you to do what you've said you're going to do. And we step out and did it. And that's kind of a sidetrack story for you, but I want you to see that God's word is true. And you can depend on it. Because that was where we lent money to, to, to the Lord by giving to the poor. And so there's times to do that. And if God puts it in your heart, do it. He will honor you. He will use it in your life. But the first thing we want to understand, the kind of giving we're trying to learn about here today is, is a more purposeful giving to God. And we're going to talk a little later about how and where you do that. The second thing that we want to remember is this. Give to God First, we actually talked about this last week in the area of growing, activating, and growing our faith. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. This means that before you, you, know, your, you, you pay your rent or your mortgage, before you pay your taxes, before you buy your groceries, before you take care of the car, whatever, you give to God first before you figure all that out. That sounds like faith, doesn't it? But this is what God tells us to do. To give to him first. Because what place does he rightfully have in our lives? He's he's first. And we need to acknowledge that he's first and live like he's first. But if we instead, you know, pay all the bills and do all this and say, okay, well, we have this much left. Okay, what should we give to God? You're giving God your leftovers. And God says, no, no, honor me with the first fruits. What comes first? Off the top. And, and we didn't, the rest of the verse isn't up there, but he says, I will meet your needs. I'll provide what you need. And by the way, in our lives, my life with Glenda, I know the language could attest to the same thing. God has been so faithful, hasn't he? As we've learned to give and do the way he wants us to, and we don't do it perfect, <laughs> But God is perfect and faithful, and, and he honors those things. So, but we need to, that's a huge step of faith sometimes, give to God first. We'll talk about that a little more practically in a minute. The third thing that we need to do is to give to God proportionally. Now, that's a big word. How many remember doing proportions in school? How many remember liking doing proportions? <laughs> it's fractions, okay? Oh, boy, that, you should have seen this. And when I'm up here... When I said fractions, Carol Carr goes, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> it's fractions, okay? And fractions, maybe an easier word is percentage, okay? In other words, uh, we're going to see, you know, in other words, your giving depends on how much you get. And, and we're going to talk about this maybe a, a little different way. Let's, let's talk about it as percentages. What we're really talking about here is... Uh, an off-the-top fixed percentage that you're going to give. And the idea is this, that, that you, you talk with God, you read his word, and, and then you arrive at this conclusion with him, okay, God, I believe you want me to give this percent. And you settle the issue before you know what's coming in. You don't know if you're, you know, you're going to get a raise or not get a raise or lose your, You settle that issue. This is the percentage I'm going to give. And so let's use as an example out of $100, every $100 that comes your way. You know, if you're saying, okay, I'm going to give 1% of everything that comes in. I'm going to give that to God first, off the top. 
that would be one dollar, right? Now, I know it's pretty tough. I you come to church and I'm asking you to do math, you know, 10, 15 on a Sunday morning. But are you guys tracking with me that one dollar would be one percent of a hundred? You are. Okay. Some of you out there, well, what? All right. So let's say that you talk with God and you get this sense. No, 5%. Okay, God wants me to give 5% of everything that comes in him. Before I even know what's coming in, I've already settled. I'm going to give 5%. That means $5. $5 out of every 100 you would be giving to the Lord. Maybe you say 10%. God, you know, it becomes clear to you, I'm going to give 10%. That would be $10. But you should get the idea, an off-the-top fixed percentage where you've settled between you and God, this is what I'm going to give. If, if you, all of a sudden, I pick up the, I find a winning lottery ticket on the ground and I get $100 million. I've already settled. I'm, I'm definitely giving you that percent. doesn't matter. Now, 10% is interesting. It's, it's a, a part of our heritage as God's people because in the Old Testament, uh, the Jewish people were called to give a tithe, a 10%, the first 10% of everything that came in. And it was really before the Jewish people. We see Abraham doing this. We see Jacob doing this. That's way back before the law of Moses. But in the law of Moses, they had a tithe. Now, let me tell you how this worked. They didn't give one tithe. And they didn't give just two tithes. Every year they gave two tithes. And every third year they gave another one for the poor. So they were doing about 23 and a third percent every year in their giving under the law, okay? That was the rule. But so in the law, they would give their tithes in this way. Now, in, in the New Testament, we still have this fixed percentage off the top, off the top fixed percentage of giving, but it's described differently. It's not, we're not under the law anymore. We don't have that specific uh, instruction given to us, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and actually, before we do that, John, can you go back? Go back. I'm sorry, I meant to do so. Let's turn to Malachi chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible with you, I encourage you to follow along the pew. I believe it's page 1107. Yeah. Malachi. It's the very last book in the Old Testament. Malachi was a prophet writing to Israel and challenging them because they weren't following the law. They weren't doing what God had said to do. And one of those areas was in their giving, their offerings to him. And so he challenges them. He says, you know, you aren't doing right in your relationship with God here. But verse number 10, he, he challenges them. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And so, so you know, the idea is that the, the priest worked there and then there were temple workers that worked there. And, and this is how God provided their needs. Okay, it was through this. And so they needed food. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. He's saying, put me to the test. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. And so, you know, we're, we're quite clear from what the Bible says that God does not promise to make us rich because we give to him. Now, sometimes God does, because sometimes if he knows that, you know, you're a person and maybe he's actually gifted you with this heart for giving 
And he may very well bring money your way because he knows you're going to use it for him and give it. So sometimes he does that. But are there other blessings besides money? Yeah. And a lot of them feel a whole lot more important than money. And God says, if you will trust me, if you will do what I've told you to do, if you'll give the way I've told you to give, put me to the test and see if I don't bless you, if I don't pour blessing into your life. And then he continues. He says, because here's the question, but how can I do that? I can't afford to do that. I gotta buy clothes. I gotta keep the car running. I gotta do whatever. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. God can take what you have and stretch it much farther than you can. I am convinced that, and this is for God's, the, the people of Israel, the 10%, and I am, say for you as a Christian, if you just do this off the top fixed percentage, I am convinced that God will be, do in your life more with what's left over than you could with the whole. Now, did I say that clearly enough? Okay. What you can accomplish with 100%, you can't even begin to accomplish what God can accomplish with whatever is left after you give to him. And, but he doesn't have any problem with this. How, anybody remember how long the shoes of the Israelites lasted while they were walking around the desert? Their shoes lasted for 40 years. Now, some of you ladies would just have a heart attack if your shoes <laughs> lasted for 40 years. But, but see, God can do it. He can meet your needs. He can stretch what you have. He can make a car run longer. I've seen that. He can make things last longer. And, and then, if, like when he tests you and, and it's the washing machine breaks, he can provide for it. He can, you know, he'll give you an awesome testimony for you. And the result, verse 12, and all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts, when my blessing is on you. And I guarantee you that when, when you get this area of your life right, it affects every other area. It affects your heart. Remember we talked about that, the kind of person you are, you learn to live by faith, you grow, and somebody's going to talk to you and say, how do you do that? How do you live this way? Because they see something so special that they wish they understood and wish they had. So that's what God will do, see? when we give the way he wants us to. Now, over in the New Testament, it doesn't talk about the tithe, but it does say uh, the same kind of idea. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1325, I think is the page. Paul giving some instructions here. Chapter 16, verse one. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, and, and just know they were actually, this is a special offering they were taking up. Uh, they were collecting money for the saints in Israel, the believers in Israel, because they were, a famine had come, they were struggling, and so they were taking up a big offering for this all over the world to send there. Now concerning the collection for the saints, ah, and just one, one more thing. If you're here today and you're from a different religious background, you hear the word saints, you might think of something different. Some special person that the church has said is a holy person. When the Bible talks about saints, it's talking about Christians. Every Christian, every person who's come to Christ is a saint. So, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, 
Let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. So I want you to see this right now. That this, what, four words. As he may prosper. In other words, if God prospers you with a lot of money, you're going to give what? A lot of money. If God prospers you with only a little money, you give a little. If God prospers you with nothing this week, you give none unless God puts it in your heart to give something. You see what I mean? But it's, it's, it's according to the income that's coming in as God has prospered. It's a percentage. You get the idea? And so that's what you say. Okay, I've said it. Here's my percentage. And however God prospers me, I'm giving that. In some weeks that might be more money. In some weeks that might be a lot less money. So this is the idea. Giving as God has prospered. If you start doing nothing else, because here's what happens. You guys are generous. I've... I am overwhelmed sometimes by your generosity. You know, if we say to you, someone has a need, we have someone who has a need, or, or there's a need in the ministry, all of a sudden, money comes in. This happened just last week. Remember last week I said, hey, there's a, we have a $500 offer of matching gift towards the equipment to run the uh, sound system? Well, including that $500, we got $2,000. Because you're generous. And that's a good thing. But I want you to grow in your life where that generosity becomes just a part of your regular giving. You do it all the time, not just when something special comes up. And so that's why if you can settle this in your mind, okay, uh, an off-the-top fixed percentage, me and God, we're going to sit down and we're going to uh, you know, come to a conclusion about this. And that way I'm going to give according as I've prospered. If I get a lot, that percentage is going to be a lot of money. If I get a little, that percentage is only going to be a small amount of money. I'm going to give as God has prospered me. That would be a huge thing for some of you. It'll, it'll put your heart in the right place and it will grow and activate and grow your faith if you do that. All right, the next thing you need to understand, a practical consideration in giving, is that you need to give to God through your church. Through your church. And if, if you're listening online and you aren't part of our church, this is your church. You need to give to God through your church. And you see here, I'm not going to go back there, but we read in Malachi, he says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse. Bring it together to the place where it's supposed to be and where it's needed. And here he talks about them collecting uh, ahead of time so that when he comes there's no gatherings. Well, if sometimes people say, oh, you collect, they collect it and held it on themselves. But then they would have had to do what? Gathered it from everybody. So yes, they pulled it aside and then as they went to church on the first day of the week, they brought it all together so it would be there where it was needed. And so we give to God through the church, by giving to the church. And then um, the next one is this. We give to God by giving in the way that our church is set up to receive it. Say, what are you talking about? Well, let's read just a little bit farther here in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. So the end of verse 2, he says, if there be no collections when I come, and when I come... Whomever you approve by your letters, I will send forth to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. But I want you to see something here. The Apostle Paul is telling them, you need to be giving, but I'm deferring to you about how you handle the details around this. 
Okay? And so each church determines how do I do this? How do we handle the giving? What do we do? Some churches have what's called a unified budget. And they, and you just have to bear with me. We're getting real practical here for a little bit. Um, some churches have a unified budget. That means all the money just goes into to one fund and then they allocate from there. They might say, well, we're going to give 10% of whatever comes into missions and this, and they do that. And that's fine. Uh, but, but our church and lots of churches uh, do it differently. And we have a, a general fund, which all that money goes toward the, the ministries here. Uh, anything related to expense of the ministry of our church here, Life Source Church. Um, we can actually take that money and do anything we want with it as a church. We can make those determinations. Uh, and then we have a missions fund. And that's where, you know, if you say, I want to give money that's going to go to support missionaries, either in our region or around the world, or helping to prepare missionaries, but it's about getting the gospel out of the whole world. So we have that fund. And then we have what we call the deacons fund. And the deacons fund, you used to call it the benevolence fund. The deacons fund is the fund that our, our deacons manage, and that is where we help people who have needs. There's a bunch of you here today at some point in time have been blessed by that fund. Okay, and then we also collect money for different things like for paving or a building project or just like we did for the media, stuff like that. And so here's how I want to challenge you to do your giving. What I want you to do is you're going to think, okay, God, this is that idea. What's, what is that percentage, this fixed, off-the-top percentage? And you give that to God designated to the general fund. By the way, can we just grab an envelope? It's giving envelopes, grab a giving envelope and let's just take a quick look at it. There's one someplace. I got one, thank you. So if you look at this, on the bottom left of this is regular tithe and offering for support of my church. And that's fine for support of my church. You know, we buy these. These are already kind of pre-printed thing. Um, but what I would say to you is the, what you put in that box is what you believe God has led you to give to him. That fixed percentage. And I would encourage you, and this is, actually we'll talk more about this next time, but I would encourage you just to add a little bit above that to make an offering. But anyway, that's where you put that, okay? And the reason is because you're giving that, not designated to anything, it's a no strings attached. God, this is to you, God. I know I'm writing the check to the church or I'm doing it online to the church, but God, this is to you. Are you following me? Okay, that's where you would do that. And then you would, it says faith promise giving for world missions. This is again where you, you know, you and God, you'd spend some time and you'd come to a conclusion. I, God, I want to give something to missions. You, I think you want me to give something to missions and whatever it is, you would write it there. But here's the deal. If you just put money in this envelope and don't designate any of it to missions, none of it goes to missions. And that, that's okay if that's what you want to do. But I'm saying, I encourage you to be involved with helping to give to missions. The next one says benevolence. That's our deacons fund. Uh, I encourage you to, you know, give something to that. Even if it's just a dollar, you know. Think, this is to help my brothers and sisters in Christ when they have a need. And then other special offerings are the other kinds of things. That's where you'd put money if you're helping to pay, for, you know, to raise money for the paving or a building project or the media or whatever it is. So that's the practical things 
about how that goes in and how you would give. If you have any questions on that, you know, please feel free to connect with me afterwards. The final thing of how we need to give, turn your Bibles to first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And just hold off, don't go there yet, John. Second Corinthians chapter 8. 13, it was at page 1331, I think, in the Pew Bible. So here the Apostle Paul's giving more instructions about this giving that they're doing and challenging them to do what they said they were going to do. And then verse number 8, he says, I speak not by commandment, okay? In other words, the point is I'm not telling you that you have to do this, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. Because he was telling them how somebody else had given and challenging them to give the same way. Testing the sincerity of your love. When God loved us, what does the Bible tell us he did? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to us. Elsewhere in this passage it says, Jesus who was rich became poor, that we might become poor, or we who are poor might become rich in him. The Bible says that God showed his love to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says that we are able to love him because he has loved us. He first loved us. And so your giving is an opportunity, not a commandment. He says we're not talking about making commandments here. We're talking about an opportunity for you to show the sincerity of your love for God. So those are some really practical considerations for you about how to give based on things that we see in his word. So how much are you supposed to give? How much? What's the dollar amount? How do you know? Well, that's what we'll talk about next Sunday. We'll be celebrating Palm Sunday, Christ's resurrection coming in, but then there are some things that follow up on that story which will be very instructive to us of determining how much we should be giving. So let's bow our heads in prayer here. Father, thank you for the practical things that you tell us. And I pray, Father, we would be motivated and challenged because of who you are and what you've done for us that we want to give. We want our hearts to be in the right place. We want our faith to be alive and growing and and so, Father, we, we want to learn how to give to you the way you've told us in your word. And I pray, Father, I, I know that there's people here today that this is new to and challenging to. And I pray that you just encourage them, uh, that you, you'll work in their lives and you'll bring them to where you want them to be and you'll enable them to do what you want them to do. I pray that none of us here today, Father, would say no to you right now. We would say either yes to you and, and already see it and, and go about doing it, Father, or we would say yes to you and then cry out for help. We would honor you in that way. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.